Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that um, I've found to be big enough to handle pretty much any need that I can throw at them, but they're small enough to address those needs in a personal way, um, not hiding behind some AI voice or something like that, real people attacking problems. Um, I found that at Renaissance Bank, and if you need something like that for your business, if you're tired of the mega bank experience um, and want something a little better for your business, check out Renaissance Bank. Go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and get in touch, and I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Jennifer Herring. Jennifer is with the University of North Georgia. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be here today. Yeah, I'm delighted to have you. Let's talk a little bit about you and what you're doing and your great work at the University of North Georgia. How are you serving folks there? Well, I tell you, it's it's a great time to be at the University of North Georgia. I serve as the special assistant to the vice president for regional campuses. I know that's a really long title, <laughs> and we probably don't have enough time to go into what all that entails. Right. Um, but it's really just designed to be able to provide a strategic support to our regional campuses. Um, I will tell you, though, one of the things that I, I am very proud of and that I just get so much pleasure and enjoyment out of is I am one of the coordinators for our first generation student initiatives at the University of North Georgia. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and that's primarily what we're going to talk about today. Um, but talk about why this is so personal for you. Well, I am a first generation college student. There you go. Uh, my uh, grandmother had a 10th grade education mm-hmm. and uh, she, uh, you know, she thought that there was there was something else that me and my younger sister needed, and um, every week when she got paid from the Georgia Poultry Lab there in Oakwood, she would go to the bank and she would put twenty dollars in a savings account for me, and twenty dollars in a savings account for my sister, knowing that there was something else better down the road that we needed to do. And so when I graduated from high school, I used the money uh, to be able to help pay for school, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I had a lot of great encouragers um, in my high school career, Mm. Um, but I really believe that it was because of those people encouraging me and supporting me and believing that there was, there was something better Mm -hmm. that I was, I was made for something better to be able to make a difference um, that I'm where I'm at today. Yeah. That's, that's what a marvelous story. So you're able to uh, identify firsthand the struggles that are inherent with a first-generation college student. Talk about some of those. Yeah, so, you know, I'm fairly new to higher education. Uh, my previous career, I was in banking for almost 20 years, so mm-hmm. have a uh, have a long professional career of being able to, to serve people and meet needs. And so one of the things very early on that I noticed when I came to higher education um, was that the students, the first-generation students today, are still 
trying to overcome challenges and obstacles that I was facing 30 years ago. Mm. And personally, for me, that's just unacceptable. Right. And so my grandmother always said, if you don't like the way something's being done, then go do something about it and change it. <laughs> well, good. good. You've got to do what your grandmother said, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what are some of those challenges? I mean, some of them are obvious, right? I mean, not having a, um, uh, parental or parent or parental figure in your life that's been through college and been through that experience and can kind of guide you through that. That's kind of obvious, but what are some of those other challenges? Well, I think that for our first generation college students, um, and, and COVID really exasperated this for, mm-hmm. for them. But one of the things that they, they have a lot of additional financial obligations. Mm-hmm. Many of our first generation students, they work 40 plus hours a week in addition to taking full course loads mm-hmm. in college. And, and many of them are working those 40 plus hours a week because they have to be able to support their families. Mm-hmm. Um, many of our first generation students told us during COVID that they had family members that were losing jobs and that they were having to find additional jobs or take on more hours at work to be able to help support their family. So there is this um, additional uh, financial obligation to the family that oftentimes those non-first generation peers um, don't experience. Um, First generation college students also often experience greater senses of imposter syndrome. And basically what that means is that they feel like they don't belong. Mm. Uh, They get to a college campus and they feel like there is nobody like them on their campus. There is nobody there that has shared experiences or could understand um, how they grew up or what their family backgrounds are like or what they're dealing with on a daily basis at home. And um, so they they often don't raise their hands. They don't ask for help. Uh, they utilize resources on college campuses a lot less than their non-first-generation peers, simply because oftentimes they do not want to have that big bullseye on their back, if you will, right. that they already feel like they don't belong. They don't want anybody else to, to know, like, hey, you really don't belong here. How do you not know that? I know... 30 years ago when I was in college, I probably made it a lot harder on myself because Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to raise my hand Mm -hmm. and ask for help Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I don't understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, So that idea of fake it till you make it almost Mm -hmm. um, often causes a lot of additional stresses for our first generation students. Yeah, and at the, at that age, you're so interested in blending in, right? You I mean, are. Yeah, it's just psychologically, that's true for all uh, uh, young people at that um, age and stage, if you will. But particularly, it's true if you've if you're coming from the background you're talking about, right? Exactly, and and it's and it's not the great thing. I, I always tell folks about that first generation student um, status. That population is that. It's very broad. It's very inclusive. It's mm-hmm. a very diverse student population. Mm-hmm. So it covers um, all ages. It covers um, 
race, ethnicity. It covers religious background. Um, it doesn't matter if you're from a rural community or from a metro community. Mm-hmm. We have first-generation college students in metro urban areas as well as in our rural communities across the state. Got it. So, uh, Jennifer, let's let, we've described a little bit about the problem. So, what what makes and why you're passionate about this personally, but why is this a big initiative for the University of North Georgia? Well, because one in four students at the University of North Georgia are identified as first-generation college students. Mm. And so we know that there are many more students in our 30-county service area and across the great state of Georgia that are also first-generation college students. And so the University of North Georgia has always had a mission of providing high-quality, affordable access um, to higher education for Georgia students. And so um, that that continues to be a mission for us. And again, personally, it's it's a mission for me because I can see myself in just about every one of our first-generation students on campus. Yeah, yeah. That... Uh that's terrific. So let's talk a little bit about um, you, you've got the numbers, but what kind of what started this initiative and, and what got it off the ground? And uh, because it's a big problem, it's a big issue. So what did you do initially to start addressing this population? Well, you know, one of the things that we've been very strategic and purposeful around is is making sure that we have a collaborative team at the University of North Georgia uh, focused on this. So uh, I have the pleasure of working with our dean of students on the Gainesville campus, as well as our dean of university college mm. there on the Gainesville campus. And so we have the student affairs side of the house, as well as the academic affairs side of the house mm-hmm. uh, covered because it really does take a, a collaborative approach to supporting students when we're looking at holistic support from an academic standpoint, um, but also from a social standpoint, um, helping to reduce the impo- the chances of them having imposter syndrome, right. being able to build that sense of belonging and community on campus. Um, but also there's the financial piece because we know that they have additional financial obligations. Um, they take fewer credit hours than most students do. And and unfortunately they take longer to graduate. And and because of some of those outside influences, it wouldn't take a whole lot for them to have to stop out and not come back. Right. Right. And that's where having uh additional support that they can call on um without them feeling like that's some sort of stigma, right? It is. It yeah. is. And so we originally started uh working around how do we support REACH Georgia scholars Mm. that are at the University of North Georgia. Uh, REACH Georgia is a needs-based scholarship and mentorship program that was started in 2012 um, and today is in all 180 public school systems around the state, serving over 3,000 economically disadvantaged students starting in eighth grade. Mm. And so the University of North Georgia, we have several of those REACH scholars from freshman to senior year at, at uh, with us right now, and we're, we're so proud of their academic achievements. But as a financial partner for REACH Georgia, we really wanted to 
make sure that we were continuing those supports for those scholars on our campuses. And so as we talked about how we develop a mentoring program Mm -hmm. um, where we connect those incoming first-generation freshmen to faculty and staff on the campus that were also first-generation, you know, that's been super exciting to see that. But having those students come in and, and matching them with someone who's got shared experiences and interest, um, you know, paying close attention to majors and things of that nature, listening to the voice of the students, what they're telling us they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we got to thinking, you know, we're doing this for Reach Georgia scholars. Why couldn't we just expand our, our reach a little bit, little R, <laughs> and, um, you know, offer this to incoming first-generation students. Um, we started the planning in 2019 and we were getting ready to launch. And then, you know, March of 2020 happened and COVID hit and we had some serious conversations about whether we delay or we continue. And, and, uh, Dr. Allison Paul and Dr. Carol Adams and I, we sat down and we said, you know, we feel like our first generation students are going to need this this mentorship, even if it is virtual, even mm. more now. They're mm. going to need those positive adult role models in their life to help them navigate not just college, but virtual college yeah. at that point. Right. And so, uh, but we launched it in fall of 2020 with 42 match pairs. And on the Gainesville campus, we are getting ready to recruit for cohort four. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Mm. So- our, our first group of incoming first-generation freshmen are going to be seniors this fall. Oh, wow. Um, and so just to be clear, this these mentors come from inside the university system. They do. They come from UNG. They are UNG family. They are faculty and staff. Yep. Um, many of them are first-generation college students themselves. So they have the experience and the knowledge of having gone through very much some of the same things that our first generation college students are going through now as they're entering college. And so they're able to give their time and their, and their talent, but also share their experiences with students to help them navigate and be successful. Yeah. Jennifer Herring is with us folks. She is with the university of North Georgia uh, with a particular focus on first generation college students there. Um, one, one thing that, pops in my mind as you're talking is you talked about the diversity of this, um, uh, of this group of first generation college students, all ages, stages, uh, uh, backgrounds. Um, it's hard to do a one size fits all on a, a group like that, right? Because everybody, I mean, there's some that have families, for example, there's some that don't, right? So, I mean, how do you address in the, and account for the individual needs of those students. Well, we uh, each one of the students for the mentoring program specifically, mm-hmm. they we have an application process, and okay. so it's basically tell us about you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what are what do you think your strengths are? What do you think your weaknesses are? What what are you most concerned about starting college? You know, the, those types of things. You know, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? You know, mm-hmm. what do you like to do? Um, have you identified a major yet? What are your career interests? You know, we we try to, it's a pretty intensive application process mm-hmm. uh, for students. And so we want to learn as much about them as we possibly can. Um, and then we ask the same of our, of our mentors. 
in our mentoring pool, you know, and so it, it's a fun time on matching day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have five of us that get together in a boardroom on the Gainesville campus and uh, we sort through mentee applications and, and, and mentor applications and we have conversations and we look at major and we look at interest and we, we look where there's a lot of similarities. Um, and we all, you know, we also ask the mentee, what is your preference? Because mm. we also know that there are mentees who may feel more comfortable with a female mentor sure, um, or a male mentor right. um, based on, on their own personal experiences. And so we always take all of that into consideration because the more of that that we can look at and try to match, um, the more successful the student's going to be and the more engaged the mentors are going to be as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Jennifer, you, you, I guess the mentorship program is something that is right now is a pilot in a way, right? Uh, or talk about the status of it because I know you're you're trying to expand it over time. Well, you know, since we uh, we are getting ready to recruit for our cohort four on the Gainesville campus. I told somebody the other day, I said, once you get into your fourth year, I'm not so sure it's a pilot anymore. (laughs) I think we're here to stay. Yeah, there you go. Um, You know, because we're having some tremendous early successes with our pilots, but I am excited to say that we are officially expanding the Gen 1 program to our Dahlonega campus this fall. We have a team of five dedicated faculty and staff on the Dahlonega campus that are going to manage the uh, the programs and the activities because one of the things in addition to the mentoring is we want to make sure we're building that sense of belonging and community mm. that we're connecting students to each other mm-hmm. as well as faculty and staff mm. on their campus right um, but we also want to provide those unique and meaningful personal and professional development opportunities as well so I've got a great team that we're going to get to work with on the Jelanaga campus so while it's it's not really a pilot anymore, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I guess, uh, yeah, it's clearly a success. Um, I'm sure what people are, listeners are thinking though, is that they want to help and maybe they're a first generation college student themselves, right? Or a graduate now or something. And and they want to pay it forward and help, you know, an upcoming generation. So um, are there plans in the future maybe to widen out the mentors to those that aren't part of the University of North Georgia system? Absolutely. Um, I hope that my coordinators are not listening to this today because <laughs> they always <laughs> cover yeah. their ears when I talk about expansion. Okay. Um, but no, but there, there is, we, we want to exhaust all of our internal resources with our faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there, there's always on the whiteboard, that long-term plan of engaging our first generation community leaders, our business leaders, um, for, for mentoring, um, for our first generation college students. Yeah. And, and there's some, uh, mentoring opportunities as well through if they're university of North Georgia alumni to be, to get involved as well. Okay, cool. But, um, Short of that, folks, while you're waiting, there are some other opportunities to plug in, right? Because you're trying to give these students, you know, we talked about this before we came on the air. You know, it sounds like to me what part of the issue with these students is just knowing what's possible, 
right? And because they don't have the same experiences that a lot of other uh, young people have the advantage of having. So just knowing what's possible, right? And that's this is where you bring in people from the outside to do to connect and and uh, learn, right? Talk about that. Absolutely. So I all again, I always go back to what I wish I had had. Yeah, you know, there you as a first generation college student thirty years ago, and it's interesting that a lot of our faculty and staff approach mentoring first generation students from the, from that same uh, perspective, Mm. what it was like for me when I was going through what I wish I had had somebody there to tell me and guide, guide me through. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots of opportunities. I talked about the unique and meaningful opportunities that we try to provide in addition to just that, that mentoring relationship. And so uh, we, we do have lots of personal and professional development opportunities. We, we host, uh, career fairs specifically for our first-generation students. We do community resource events um, for our first-generation college students as well. Mm. Uh, We also look to partner with our our local businesses and community leaders uh, to provide unique opportunities for first-generation students. We just, back in February, had a good friend of mine come up to do a uh, one hour LinkedIn lunch and learn. Let's shout him out. Greg, <laughs> yes. Greg Burkhalter. Yeah. Way to go, Greg. Say yeah. more, say more, Jennifer. So Greg is, he's just phenomenal, you know, and, and he knows we, a thing or two, doesn't he? He does. Okay. He does. He does. And and uh, one of the first things I did after that LinkedIn lunch and learn was go back and review my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Cause I was like, I think I've probably messed up on some things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Greg came up to the Gainesville campus, right. spent an hour at lunchtime with our first generation students. And we had a room full of them, mm. uh, too, which was great to see. But you talked to them about their their LinkedIn profile and mm. how important it was to first have one mm. um, yeah. and, and how to use it to find internships and job opportunities and how to set yourself apart using your LinkedIn profile. Because when your application is one of 100 you know, and they're going out to check your, your social media. How do you set yourself apart? Right. And so, uh, and then we had a local photographer at before and after that session to provide free professional headshots Mm. to our first generation students. Yeah. That's Um, great. Something that they don't, they don't realize at that point that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't realize they need a LinkedIn page. They don't realize that they need a, um, a professional headshot. Right. And, but being able to talk them through that and provide them the resources that they need is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we try to do a lot of things like that. We, uh, we want to do more like resume building workshops specifically for our first generation students. Um, we also know that first generation students, because of the additional financial obligations, also have to um, pay for bills and help their family. Um, pay bills. And so paying for college can be a little more difficult. And so we want to provide additional uh, community resources, whether it's additional grants or scholarships or things of things of that nature. So we bring all of that to the campus to help support our students. Yeah. And again, on that latter point, that's another place where if, if you haven't had someone in your life that's been through college, been through that 
the experience of having to track down scholarships and grants, that can be overwhelming, right? So there's a great example right there of, of how important this program is for first-generation students, right? It, it is. We, we partner with our, our regional commissions uh, for federal WIOA grant opportunities. Uh, we, we partner with local community foundations mm. um, and, and businesses. There are, there are lots of businesses in our communities that are looking for those um, well-educated, highly trained, uh, incoming students, you know, that they can they can work with and build up and provide them some scholarship dollars. Um, and oftentimes maybe it's like, Hey, you come do this and then we'll, you know, we'll look at giving you a job after you graduate. So mm-hmm. we, we always look for those types of unique partnerships and opportunities for our students. Yeah, that's terrific. Jennifer Herring folks with the university of North Georgia. Uh, so you've got a first generation scholarship program. Talk about how that works. So our first generation uh, scholarship fund, we launched that also in 2020. Okay. We did a lot of launching yeah. of new things in the <laughs> midst of a global pandemic. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are gutsy is all I can well, say. Well, you know, uh, it's, I have a great team at the University of North Georgia yeah. and, and they have come along on this ride, you know, mm. for launching these things. But the scholarship is very important. Uh, scholarship has has been and continues to be very important to our president, Dr. Benita Jacobs, Mm. Um, since day one of her coming to the University of North Georgia. We know that first-generation college students specifically have more financial obligations. They often take less courses Mm -hmm. um, because of the cost. Um, They take longer to graduate, and oftentimes – the slightest little financial hiccup can cause them to stop out and not come back and finish. Mm. And so we want to alleviate as much of that financial burden as we can. So we launched the first generation student scholarship um, in 2020, and we award those scholarships in November every year during national first generation college celebration week during our proud to be first celebrations on all of our campuses. Oh, wow. That's, that's exciting. That's such great work. Jennifer Herring with the university of North Georgia, Jennifer, this has been great. I mean, what great work you're doing. We're just delighted. You were able to come in and share it with us and our listeners and that we could honor that work in this way. So thank you so much for coming in. I want to get to the most important question though, which is how folks can get in touch if they want to learn more whether it's uh, students or um, potential students or just people that want to support in some way? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the easiest way, if you want to learn more about what we're doing to support students who are the first in their families to go to college and earn a degree, uh, visit the ung.edu landing page um, backslash uh, first gen. Okay. So we have our own landing page in there. It outlines the mentoring program. Uh, it also outlines our academic honor society that we've got specifically for first generation college students. Mm. UNG was the first institution in the state of Georgia to charter a chapter of Alpha 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 Academic Honor Society for first generation students. Oh, wow. And uh, so you can learn a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also learn about our Proud to be First celebrations. 
And if you're interested in supporting programming or scholarships, we have avenues for both. Um, But I would also say if you're interested in partnering with us to provide unique um, and meaningful professional development opportunities or want to learn about some, we can put our heads together so we can figure out some unique ways to support students. They can always give me a call at the University of North Georgia. And that number is 678-717-2389. Terrific. Um, Well, the... I said I was going to let you go, but I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> uh, I want I want to ask one more question because um, uh, let's just give an example, uh, if you if you don't mind. Of course, you don't have to mention names or identities, but if you could just give an example of of uh, a student or two that that is it helps people know who they'd be tr- helping, right? Just um, give us an example. Absolutely. So I'm going to talk about one of our non-traditional first-generation college students. Mm -hmm. Um, She is just the most amazing woman. Uh, So she is a single parent, Mm. raised three children. Mm. Um, They are are grown, have their college degrees, and are off doing great things. Uh, She works the, uh, the midnight shift at an Amazon distribution center. Mm. She, uh, she gets home in the mornings. She eats her a little something. She'll study for a few hours, take her a nap, study a few more hours, go to class and then goes right back into work and works all night. Um, and so she has been doing that for, uh, six years. Wow. Um, she's getting ready to graduate. Wow. This may. That's exciting. Um, And, uh, she she stops by my office every week, and uh, we sit down and we talk about how her how her classes are going and how her semester is going, and uh, we just encourage each other. And I think that's the the most the most rewarding thing is that it's not about me, oftentimes, or anybody else participating in these programs. It, it's more about sometimes what we get from those students. Mm. And I and I feed off of her her grit and her determination, and and just she's just such an amazing person, and I'm so proud of her. I couldn't be any more proud of her if she was my own family member, you know. Mm-hmm. But because we are first gen, she is part of my family. Yeah, you know. And wow. We've got a, a, a another young lady. She's a um, and I say she's a young lady, but she's a non traditional student that uh, she's been taking one class a semester for eight years mm-hmm. because that's all she can afford. She works a full-time job. She's got three kids at home, and but she is persistent and dedicated and is, is going to graduate with that degree. Mm-hmm. And, and those, those are the types of um, people that I feel like businesses want. Right. That those people who never give up, who 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 get creative to get the get the job done, to accomplish the goal, and uh, and our first generation students are exactly that. Wow, lots of grit there for sure. Um, wow, I could talk to you all, uh, all day and hear some of these stories, uh, Jennifer. But we need to let you get back to the great work you do. Thanks again so much for coming in and sharing this wonderful work with us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. 
Hey folks, just a quick reminder, if you have got issues in your business that are dragging you down, specifically, I'm talking about the back office, you know, where you've got administrative tasks or bookkeeping issues or whatnot that uh, keep you tied down to a desk where you're not dealing with customers and not dealing with uh, uh, sales uh, and not growing the front part of the shop. Uh, Here's a suggestion. Give S.E. Escobedo a call at Office Angels. She's the chief executive angel there, and they have a whole team of angels who have different areas of expertise, and she picks out the best angel for you and the problems that you need solved, and they fly in, they get the job done, and they fly out, and they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis. If you're shy, you can go to officeangels.us and and, uh, check them out, but I suggest you just give S.E. a call. 770-442-9246 and let her know that I sent you and I use their services and they are terrific. Um, that's why I'm so enthusiastic about them. And we are grateful to you, our audience, as we wrap up this show here for sharing the show and for supporting us in the way that you do. Uh, and you have over these almost seven years that we've been doing this show. Um, If you have found something here that makes you want to uh, share it with your friends, uh, share it with others that you think would benefit from doing so, please do that. Uh, We're As the voice of business in the North Fulton region, we are all about supporting great business leaders like Jennifer and the others we have on this show, and you help us fulfill our mission by doing that work. So if, if you could help us help them, we'd be grateful. So for my guest, Jennifer Herring, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.